what's going on? This is Terrence from BlackBeachWeek.com. And let me tell you, I got a very special guest this time. His name is Rick. Got to pause. Okay, so Rick looks way too eager to be on this this thing right now. I have to, I have to just yeah. say that. Guy looks very eager. And where are you from, Rick? Arizona. Arizona? He's been a member for uh, of, of Heatonism 2 for how many years again? Since 1988. How many times years. have you been here? 40 times. 40 times. <laughs> okay, what the fuck is Heatonism? <laughs> 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 is it just like this, this, uh, this like festival or something because this looks like fucking sandals it looks like he's in a fucking sandals right now and he's just like this guy's is like where swingers go man this is my take i think it's where swingers go okay i gotta finish this now why, i mean why what, what brings you to hedonism that many times the wild women the wild women the ripping and the tearing the ripping and the tearing <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Oh my God. That is so eager. There's no other place in this universe like Hedonism 2. Hey, pause it. Okay. Pause okay. it. Hedonism, Hedonism 2 is an adult only vacation resort in Jamaica. This dude just like goes here. I feel like even if this guy went here, like he's still having to pay for that pussy. Like this, 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 this guy, Rick. Like I feel like back home, he's like the manager of like a TD Ameritrade. And I was gonna say Waffle House, but go ahead. Yeah, he's no, he's like a bank manager, and he got fired after this went viral. Oh wow! That was a, a bomb ass song back in the day, though. <laughs> Oh shit! Okay, so this guy is down on the ground with the V, putting his tongue between his fingers. Oh wow! This dude almost slips like five times. That dude would have broke his hip immediately. Heatonism would have been over. You're now listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Welcome to episode 101 of the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Just wrapped up one of the sloppiest weeks of the NFL with two shitty primetime games for Sunday and Monday. Um, one cool thing that happened, the Charlotte Roval. Chase Elliott won a race after wrecking into a wall. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And then we're going to go into some heavy hitters and bed shitters of week four of the NFL. Lots of shit to talk about on episode 101, which is the episode where you learn simple things. Drew, how are you? Sorry, Chase. Um, I had to blow my nose there. That's, That's um, okay. We'll, we'll cut it out. We'll cut it out. Of this yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I had to do that for the – just to sum up the, the week four and my week four bets on the Patreon page. Yeah, yeah, it was a little, little, uh, little, little snotty, little, little, uh, <laughs> little, little, little sticky there for for all of our patrons over at Garage Guys Fancy Sports Patreon page, which you can find at patreon.com/slash/garageguys, where Drew picks winners and then 
he just said, going to get you guys this week. Ha-ha. So he had to, he's a joke maker. You know him. He just has to make some jokes sometimes. So it was a good joke, Drew. We appreciated it. I was living in denial. I thought I could win forever. And um, I feel bad for those that decided to sign up this week that didn't get to experience the winners. Um, so that's how it goes sometimes, man. There's a reason why all these casinos are standing and why these books are making money. So it it's really hard to, to win week over week. You know, but it's, it's a part of the game, you know. And like I said, you, you're doing well up until week three here. And then, yeah, we, we did have a good bit of, of people subscribe this week, you know. But, but they're, they're, they're here, they're here for, for more than that. They're here for the, the, the beautiful support and, and love of just being a part of the Garage Fam. And so that's, that's why they're really here. And we, we appreciate you, Garage Fam. So all the jokes are over. No more funnies will be done. Um, and next week, back to business as usual for week five. But um, just a fucking boring night. I've, I've had a boring night. I'm not going to lie. I've been bored out of my mind watching the Steelers-Bengals uh, game. The only thing that was remotely keeping me entertained was watching my DraftKings live money uh, screen on my phone. I watched more of that than the game. I literally took a bath during the second quarter. Yeah, it's been one of the worst back-to-back Sunday night, Monday night games that I can remember. And I'm afraid they're going to continue when I looked at the primetime schedule. So we might have to find a way to, to spice up the night on the podcast because the games just aren't, aren't that good. I will say this, like, you know, uh, obviously you guys listen to this now. We normally come out on Mondays. We came out on Tuesday, had some shit we had to take care of. Well, being every week thing, but we did get to just get a full, like, you know, we, we fully got to digest the week and releasing it on Tuesday here. Um, so there was a lot of things that, that it was illy digested. I had to use, like, you know, some uh, fantasy football um, X-lax to get it all out just because of, of how, you know, sluggish things were. But, um, but yeah, me personally just uh, enjoying the Mr. Bubbles in the tub at quarter two is a lot more entertaining than watching Joe Mixon try to run a football, which, by the way, I'm canceling him. He's canceled now for fantasy football. You can drop him. I give you full permission to just drop Joe Mixon in fantasy football. As crazy as you might think that sounds, you should just drop him. I have him in the pro league. Let him be somebody else's problem. He sucks. Yeah, and, he might be uh, the bench for me. Yeah, he sucks. And any, anybody that wants to challenge me on that, feel free to tweet me at Garage Guy Chase. Joe Mixon sucks cock. And you can feel free to tell him that as well um, if you like. If you know him personally, be sure to tell him that Garage Guy Chase said he sucks cock. I'm not going to sit here and say that I could do his job. That's why I do this, this job and I, I talk in front of a microphone. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm just stupid disappointed in him, man. Like, even like I understand like you have a bad team. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I get it. Like, the Bengals are bad. Like, Zach Taylor is like literally just like the kid that like slings his coloring books down. Like, and he because he's just so like overwhelmed and anxious. Like, that's Zach Taylor, and that's gonna be him for the rest of the year. But Joe Mixon is supposed to be some great running back, but somehow every year gets hyped up way big. And everybody's like, oh, I'm going to take Joe Mixon in the first round. It's like, look what that turned into. Yeah, it's been disappointing. You know, I have him in the pro league, so I have to decide what I'm going to do with him. I'm probably going to put him on the bench. I'm not going to drop him. Um, but, you know, just you going, back to the game as a, going back to the game as a whole, though, it, we didn't even have Vontez Perfect to fight with uh, – 
to fight with the Steeler players this year. So that was disappointing. Yeah, no, there, there was none of that. And he's actually suspended for the rest of the year now. I saw that. I thought, but he's going to appeal it. That's that's crazy. Is it because of his um, previous suspensions? I think it's just he's because he's a repeat offender. Because he's a fucking idiot. Yeah. He's got a lot of aggression. He does. He's a very aggressive guy. Um, but he plays for the Raiders now. And that's what happens when you play for the Raiders. Yes. The Raiders are going to get even worse. Yeah. The Raiders are that team, though. They're like the, they're like literally like if I feel like with the Raiders, like if you got out of jail, like that's that's where you go play in the NFL. You go straight from prison to play for the Raiders. Um, I agree. Yeah, prison I agree. Team. I can just I feel like there were so many like primetime games where I'd turn on the TV and even in these boring games, you'd see like Vontez Perfect come in and start some stuff. You know, he'd, they'd be in a fight with somebody or he hit Antonio Brown. Um, so we didn't even have that today. We didn't even have the drama. Maybe he'll be uh, in the WWE next year. That'd be cool. I could totally see him being a WWE personality. Like, just on, like, you know, like what, what is it, Fox now that has wrestling? I was never a wrestling kid. I never got into wrestling for some reason. Like, it just, that, that just kind of passed me by. But I feel like Man. he'd be perfect for that. I feel like knowing you, you would have really had that in your childhood. I know I did with, like, Stone Cold Austin and The Rock. The, the golden years, you know. Um, oh, no. I but, was a full-blown Pokemon nerd. Oh, really? Yeah, I was a full-blown Pokemon nerd and also was, like, really into, like, Disney Channel movies and shows, like Even Stevens. So when everybody else was watching wrestling, I was watching, like, Even Stevens and listening to CDs. And trying to catch them all? Mm-hmm, and trying to catch them all, listening to CDs and, uh, like, hitting random – uh, bottles and cups in the yard with my Mark McGuire Nerf bat. Those were the things that I did for fun as a child. Interesting. I could, I definitely could have seen you being a wrestling fan, just knowing what I know about you. So, yeah, you know, it's so weird. There. It's so weird that everybody in the fantasy industry is like really big into wrestling. But like, and I, I don't know if you've noticed that yet. I mean, I know that like you coming in this year, like especially being on Twitter though, you'll see a lot of fantasy people like always tweeting about like you know wrestling and Undertaker and all that shit, and, like Stone Cold. Like I had a Stone Cold Steve Austin book bag, but the only reason that I had it was so I could fit in. Like when I was a kid, that's the only reason that I got it. I was like, oh, everybody else, all the other kids got wrestling shit, so I want one too. And because it had a blue skull, like I thought that was cool, so I was like, fuck it. And all my we friends couldn't like, have you getting. We couldn't have you getting bullied. Yeah, no. So, I mean, like, you know, I, I rocked it. I wore it. I also tried to get my mom to buy me a pair of FUBU jeans one time, but she wasn't having that shit. And, uh, and Jinko, you remember the Jinko jeans? They had this one kid at my school that wore Jinko jeans. And, like, they were, like, they were, those were, like, the really ugly jeans that had chains on them, and they flared out, like, covered your entire, like, shoes. Like, you didn't even need shoes. That was you? No, no, it was never me. I tried to get my mom to buy one, but she told me, she was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And, like, we left the mall, and I got punished. A wise woman. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, she did. She saved my life there. Because if I would have had pictures of me dressed like that when I was a child, I would have been completely fucked. Like, I, like literally, that would be everywhere. It would probably be my profile picture, honestly, right now. If yeah, you'd be tra- you would have transitioned. Give yourself a little bit more credit. You would have transitioned into the cargo shorts. You're right. I did wear cargo shorts. I'm not even going to lie about it. I was a cargo shorts kid. I benefited from having two older brothers. They were like, look, you can't can't do that it's not not right. the go-to move so you grew up in southern mississippi too so it was like it was, i guess it was a little different like i grew up in like kind of like a ghetto town so like everybody was just kind of like you know bumming slumming 
So like that's just kind of how it was. Yeah, you got under, but people around the world, you know, they just throw all that into one category. You know, Southern Mississippi and Louisiana. But me and you, me and you know the area a little bit better. We know the truth. Yeah, there there is differences. We 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 could literally have an entire show about that one day. We might drop it on the Patreon, and it'll only be for our subscribers. So you better go choose a tier. But yeah, man, football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're easily distracted because we don't we don't have anything to talk about. I mean, no. about these two games. Yeah, um, they were just they were trash. I, I will say I will say this though, like if we're gonna if we're gonna roll into Sunday night's game, there's really not much to say about that one either. Um, honestly, <laughs> like I'm I'm trying to sit here and just muster anything. I feel like there's just way more entertaining shit to talk about than these fucking games, man. It was just it was it's crazy, like. For me, it was exactly what I expected. Like, I knew that the defense was going to be good for the Saints. I knew that it would, they, they were going to be able to take care of business, and they did, man. They, they did their fucking job. Dak only got, I think, like seven fantasy points. Like, it was, it was bad for Dak yeah. owners. Dak owners were sad. I started Dak in some leagues. I also started Dallas's defense in one league, and I had to start New Orleans' defense in another league. And But the, both defenses had decent scores. And, like, that's something that was that we knew was, was probably going to happen. That's something I knew at least was going to happen. Not what to that I didn't, extent, though. We didn't yeah. expect that low scoring. And, that, and I mean, that's a big knock to Dak because he was really benefiting from that early schedule. That's the big right. takeaway for me was Dak was benefiting from the early schedule. And then AK – can like break tackles like nobody else that's the two takeaways yeah me. beautiful stuff I, but yeah i did not see Dak scoring as low i at least thought that like there would be like you know some good fantasy production out of Dak. i thought that amari cooper was going to be able to eat i had a feeling that zeke was going to get shut down zeke did have like one touchdown other than that man it was just it was just it sucked it was a low scoring game for fantasy i think alvin alvin was looking incredible out there, but he only had like 11 fantasy points on DK. Gosh. Yeah, definitely a dis- disappointing game for, for him on in terms of fantasy. But in one of those terrible games, like the fact that he was able to get a few first downs that he had no business getting proved to be the difference. So, got and, and Michael Thomas had a lot of catches. Yeah, Michael Thomas, like PPR, like he, he was fine. If, you, if you're in a PPR league, you were great. Uh, do you know anybody that plays standard fantasy anymore? No, I think I most people either. play half point PPR or full point PPR. And um, man, I was going to tell you that if the Saints defense can play like that for Drew Brees, I don't know why it seems like they're stepping up more. I guess because they have to. But if they can, if their defense can play like that, then they're going to be, you know, another shot at the Super Bowl. So yeah. So I had the conversation earlier. I think I was talking with you about it actually when I was telling you about how like it's just something about Louisiana. Like we're just like a bunch of like lazy people. But then when like the going gets tough, like we just like stand up and fucking kill kill life, basically. So it's like that's kind of what's happening. I'm not speaking for everybody, obviously, but like I just feel like Louisiana is just so laid back. Like we're just it's just a laid back fucking state. We're just like laid back, chilling, vibing, and then like, like when, when shit hits the fan. We come out and fucking kill. And I think that that shouts to the clock. I think that it, that's just one of those things, man, like with, with this team that I've seen. But I would love to, like absolutely love to see the defense fucking play as, as hard and as solid um, as they are right now for Drew. And so hopefully when Drew comes back, we'll be able to like keep that mojo going. Because there is something very mysterious about this team. Yeah, I expected more from Dak, man, um, especially after we saw Deshaun Watson do well in the Dome. Um, I thought Dak would do something similar. I thought he would I – I thought the I thought the Saints D would show up in the first half, come out, make a statement, and then we'd start to see the points come. That was my prediction, and I was wrong. 
So. Yeah. So sorry, sorry guys for for Saturday or for Sunday night and uh, and Monday night. It just was not cool. But good good thing about though, if you happen to tune in on Sunday afternoon and watch the Charlotte Roval, the Bank of America Roval Four Hundred. I, I watch more of that than I watch the afternoon games, honestly. And it was a fucking great race. It was fun. Um, drivers were flipping each other off and wrecking each other. And uh, Chase Elliott hit the wall and then dropped back to, like, 37th place and then came back and won it all. And then, like, literally the car was still running and he just, like, was standing up out of his, like, window, like, celebrating. It was probably it, – it literally was a top – top three most epic celebration in NASCAR I think I've ever seen. I didn't get to watch much of it because I was watching myself lose all those bets. But I did. every time I turned it on, it was caution, 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 and there was nothing going on, so I kept getting frustrated and switching it back to red zone. Um, I did pull it up on my computer for a little while, but I'm, it sounds like I missed the best parts and you were able to watch it. Yeah, so I had the race on my TV, and I was watching red zone on my phone. I was I was not on Twitter much on Sunday because that's that was what I was having to do. But yeah, it was it was a great race, dude. Uh everybody's pissed off at Bubba Wallace because he threw water on Alex Bowman's face after the race when Alex Bowman was like trying to like get regenerate his body back to health. Like he couldn't even like stand up. And he was like laying there, like the medical staff was all around him and he walked over to him like after he flipped him off and spun him out, he just like slung water in his face. And everybody's like overreacting to that. They're like, I think this is disrespectful. It's like Alex Bowman. More of that. We need yeah, more of that. Yeah, exactly. Like Alex Bowman looked like that little fucking like shithead kid. Like, and I'm not saying that he's a shithead, but he had that look on his face where he was just like, fuck you, motherfucker. And like Bubba was just really mad, like really angry. And he just like threw water in his face. But I mean, for Bubba Wallace, he could just say he was dehydrated and I was just helping. That's so right. I, I think that's all that, that really happened. Um, Man, I, I just don't want these guys to be friends. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, personally. me too. Like NASCAR needs to get back to like real shit. Like when I was a kid, you you spun somebody out. They the, the race was still happening, no caution, and they were just out there fighting in the infield. Like that's that's racing. You know what I mean? Like I want some like Ricky Bobby fucking running to the finish line shit. Like and getting hit by a car and possibly dying, like that's that's my kind of racing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, anything anything that can entertain us is uh, is basically what we're saying, right? Nothing entertains me more than a human body flying like 800 feet through the air after being hit by a car going like 200 miles an hour. Just shout out Grand Theft Auto. There we go. Downright amazing shit right there. So NASCAR make it happen. Also. Um, and Skrillex has seen it and he knows it and he needs to play more music at NASCAR races because if you've just got EDM pumping through your fucking veins while you're watching cars go 200 miles an hour around a track and every driver just has that pumped in their ears, the, the, these are two things that are guaranteed to happen. One, Kevin Harvick is going to quit every race because he doesn't like millennials or their music. And two, I guarantee you that Kyle Larson would probably just like wreck a lot of people without even knowing because he would think that it was just sounds from the music and he would just make it very fun for everyone. And he'd hit the whoa at least like 70 times. So I'm, those are some I'm things. Just, I'm just imagining them playing like Mario Kart out there, just like, like hitting playing, each other, like bumper cars, like just right. not taking it seriously at all. We, we need that. Like we need like, if, if, if there's going to be the NFL and the XFL, there needs to be like NASCAR 
and like demolition derby nascar real shit like just are literally like i don't know just find a fucking way like if if one league can race these these tracks then i need to see another nationally televised league we should start that garage guys i don't know like what what could we do like like maybe we'll make it like super go-karts for (laughs) for people that are over six foot two and that's the only way you can race is if you're over six foot two and over 300 pounds Let's get and over boys. 300 pounds yes and like there's no like no safety precautions everything's just open wheel no helmets like you literally sign like 800 waivers before you go race this race we probably could get some people to do it if they um are desperate enough for money guaranteed and then in the middle of the race uh you stop and they all fight and whoever gets knocked out is immediately disqualified nascar Great time. Uh, but I will, I will get back to the fantasy stats for that real fast. But, yeah, Chase Elliott with 87 fantasy points. Kevin Harvick came in right behind him with 59. Keselowski with 46. So, I mean, like a great lineup would have been you having Chase, Kevin. William Byron was surprisingly scored 45 fantasy points in this one. Him starting up front, though, really helped him out in the beginning of the race. And then Ty Dillon with 43 fantasy points. He was another one of the cheap guys you could have threw in for a lineup. But, a lot of people won some big money on this one. Alex Bowman was sneaky. Michael McDowell was sneaky. Fun race. And this was only the second time that they've raced at this track, like because of the configuration. The Roval is like a brand new race, man. So, man, I really I wish they would have these on, on Saturday instead of Sunday. Yeah, we're, we're going to make that happen. We're going to change that for everyone in the world. We're going to make NASCAR races Friday nights. No one's ever going to go to their kids' football game again because the race is on. That's right. that's that's the kind of life we want because parents are gonna care more about NASCAR than they do watching little Timmy get hit by some three hundred pound guy that's probably going to college next year. That's right. They got a NASCAR has to avoid NFL and NCAA football, and the best way to do that is a little Friday night racing. Amen. Amen. Let's make it happen, Dirt Track City. Um, moving on into to this week four um, crazy fantasy wildly fucking i don't even know any more words to explain it um but just uh it was literally a black hole of fantasy points starting out chris godwin let's just start off with this fucking tampa bay los angeles rams game i i did not see that coming like this was like this is like equivalent to the kansas city chiefs rams game last year but this was Jameis winston that did this and Holy shit, Chris Godwin, 44 fantasy points. Yeah, congratulations to you if you decided to pass on all the early games and stack this game up for DFS because you probably just made a lot of money. I don't think many people did that. I don't think they stacked with Chris Godwin and Jameis Winston and then brought it back with the Rams receivers or Jared Goff and the uh, Rams receivers. So uh, congratulations to you if you did that. I know uh, I didn't do that. Did you, Chase? No, I didn't. I actually benched Chris Godwin in one of my leagues that I'm in. Uh, not not DFS, but yeah, I just did not see it turning out this way. Um, one thing that I did see turning out, we both saw turning out this way, was that Robert Woods was going to be the number one uh, fantasy producer for the Rams this week, and he was with uh, 32 fantasy points, 164 receiving yards, 13 receptions, no touchdowns, but still the highest scoring fantasy producer for the Rams. So we'll clap for us. We'll clap for us. There. Cooper yes, Cup, so. I must call him too. Yeah, he was. He, 
he was a it was a close call for him. He had like what what twenty nine. I think him he had the touchdown though. So that that definitely helped. Negative two rushing yards though. Not not a runner that Cooper. Not a, <laughs> not a good runner there. Not this just, week. just not, a route not runner. Not this week, Cooper. Not out the backfield, pal. Um, I bet he was a great like you know the coach's player. I bet the coaches loved Cooper Cup. Cooper Who Cup? doesn't love that that name? Cooper All right. Cup. Cooper Cup looks like Miss Lippy's son from Billy Madison, and I feel like he just grew up eating glue. Like, he just has that face where he just looks like he grew up eating a shitload of glue. Like, he was that kid in class. He was the one that put the glue on his hands and rubbed them together and always was peeling shit off like, look, look what I can do. Like, that's Cooper Cup. I'm looking up the uh, – I can't remember Miss Lippy's son. Miss Lippy, no, uh, Miss Lippy didn't have a son. Miss Lippy just ate glue, and she was a first grade teacher and made macaroni necklaces. But if Miss Lippy did have a son, it would be Cooper Cup. Oh, uh, okay, that's why I don't remember him. Uh, all right, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, I can go with that. Yeah, exactly. He, dude, I don't know how your he, brain just went there, but that's amazing. It did. If he went, if he had a macaroni necklace and wore it, I would buy a Cooper Cup jersey just because, and I would like go buy a bunch of glue and glitter and just throw it, dump it all over there. And people would be like, what the fuck have you done with your Cooper Cup jersey? Right, just make it as authentic as possible. I think at least one listener of this show that has a Cooper Cup jersey should put glue and glitter all over it to make it authentic and make it a Garage Guys Cooper Cup jersey. So I'm, I'm looking at you, they probably, Garage fam. And they probably could do that based off Cooper Cup's performance because he's making somebody some money. He's been a stellar, reliable receiver this year. Exactly. So. I mean, you know, it's it's like we always talk about. Like, one of those Rams receivers are always going to be there, but like, it it seems like Brandon Cooks is is starting to trend down a little bit. He's just kind of like constantly getting like right over ten fantasy points here and there. I think he had like one really good game where he got like over twenty points this season so far. I mean, it's still very early in the year. Don't get me wrong. Still a lot of time for people to decline, people to shoot up. So there's still so much shit that can happen. But so far, it, it, yeah, Cooper Cup looks like he's, uh, he's the one, as Justin Bieber would say. He's the one. Yeah, he's um, – Cooks is – you know, now that you say that, that means to go start Brandon Cooks next week because right. we just said that. But It's, it's going to um, be his time. And we'll talk a little bit more about that on Friday. We're not going to get too deep into week five because we, we still got a lot of shit to digest. I still got to go take my Benefiber to get this entire week out <laughs> of my system. <laughs> oh my god, it's really fucking my stomach up. Um, I do want to talk about Jared Goff there. About Jared Goff, yeah, he we he does deserve to be spoke about. Yeah, he um, man, we're starting to see what it's like when he doesn't have that consistent running game. And I know he threw for 500 yards today, but a lot of that was when they were trailing, and he threw three interceptions. A lot of so garbage we're starting time. to see, yeah, and we're starting to see what it's like when he doesn't have that Todd Gurley just, you know, get six, seven yards to carry, and then he's play action and throw it to his first read. Because be completely honest, like I just feel like he got kind of got lucky this week, as far as what his production was in fantasy, and I think that that's just kind of what happens with Jared every week. He just when he has these big games, he just get, he gets lucky. Yeah, well, well, this one, I think the fantasy production just came out of them trailing, and we've seen him go off with those real stats, and then we've seen him kind of inflated. Today was one of the – or yesterday was one of the inflated uh, numbers, and I'm not sure about the leadership. I think he's fine in that area, but what I don't like to see is when it's just like an obvious passing situation, kind of like you said there at the end, and everyone knows in the, in the building 
looks that they're going to throw. And um, he doesn't seem to deliver on that quite as often as you would like a, um, you know, the most expensive QB in the league to be. So, you know, it, it, it's like he doesn't, he doesn't have the sort of uh, je ne sais quoi, as the French would say. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, he, he just he's, – he's, he lacks this, uh, this presence. Like, you've got to be able to play shit off. You know what I mean? He doesn't like, have that it factor that Gardner Minshew has. Right. You know, and not everybody can have that. You know, not everyone can be <laughs> Gardner Minshew, you know. Not everybody can be, can be godlike with like if if you mix Jesus Christ and Brett Favre together not everybody can be that um but Jared Goff you know he's he's just kind of like the, he's that kid that was in the class and he always would like throw pencils at the back of people's heads and then like look up at the ceiling real fast like that's that's him you know that's that guy i'm really like getting into the references of just like wild shit for this rams team right now it's one I of just, those episodes it is like I just I don't know how I feel about about this team yet. I don't I haven't like seen it. I feel like they're just like a quick team that's thrown together on paper that's just somehow making shit happen. They don't have that. They just lack that. What you're, that, what you're saying is they're lacking Todd Gurley. Todd I mean, Gurley, he was the leader of that team. Yeah, he was the motor. He, I mean, he made he made everything easier for. Um, he's the heart. For, golf yeah he's the heart of the rams and with him not being able to shine as bright this year it's just showing but you know good for him but i mean he did have a better week he had 26 fantasy points uh 16 yards and two touchdowns not good for rushing but the receiving seven receptions for 54 yards that definitely helped out todd Gurley definitely had a better week this week but yeah todd Gurley is the leader of that team he's just he's the leader of that team and everyone's just kind of trying to make it like Jared Goff is for some reason, but he's not. He's just not. And he's going to continue to fool people. And everybody that is like stupid gung-ho that they have him in their fantasy leagues and shit is just like – I have him in my fantasy league. Yeah, well, (laughs) that guy. Like quit drafting the guy that throws pencils at people's heads. Hey, you draft him. You draft him for weeks like this. this. You did. You draft him, and you beat me. So there is that. You, Stop but you coming draft at me and my quarterback. You draft him for weeks like this. That's all I can say. He's not going to have weeks like this every week. And until he does, sure. and I'm, I'm still going to feel the same way I can about him. But, yeah, sucks Todd Gurley can't be cool. Um, it's crazy that right underneath Todd Gurley in the fantasy points is the Patriots defense. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta, can we talk about this game? There, yes. was so much, there was so much about this game. That was just amazing. For for one, you're in Buffalo, fucking amazing. We we've got to go to Buffalo. Like that that is literally out of all of the other places that I I could go, and, and that that me and you could travel to as garage guys to do shit. I want that to be the first place that we go. Like the first tailgate that we go to has got to be a Bills Mafia tailgate. Are you going to go through a table? I w- yeah, I will jump through a table. A hundred percent because I went in Rome, dude, you know what I mean? But yeah, the game itself was uh great defense as we already knew it was going to happen. Sucks. The bills couldn't win, but did we really think that the bills were going to win this game? Let's be honest. I know you, I was, on, I was on record thinking that this was going to be a bills upset. And um, from what I watched, I didn't watch every single play, but I, I almost watched every single play. And, um, they had every opportunity to win the game. Yeah. Josh Allen going out, 
with the injury definitely didn't help. Um, they had to turn to uh, Matt Barkley. So that was interesting. And I thought there was offense a kicker. Move the ball. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, like you're talking that. about, uh, you know, the USC quarterback, the one, yeah. of, you know, every USC quarterback that comes in the league and just is a backup. That's, that's that guy. That one guy, that dude. Stephen you know, Hauschka, quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. Mark Sanchez. Yeah, love that Matt guy. Barkley. Gotta love Mark Sanchez. Um, but, yeah, the Patriots defense is 25 fantasy points. A lot of that, though, I feel like after the blocked punt, like that was the end. You know what I mean? Like that was just kind of like they, they just felt defeated. And that was pretty early in the game, if I'm not mistaken. Like, what, second quarter they blocked that? Yeah, that was – so that accounted for seven of the points. It was really, 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 really low scoring if you take away that. So I saw the Bills got to the goal line and went for it on fourth down and didn't convert. So had Dude. some chances, man. It's just like it was the biggest biggest home game in Bills, you know, recent history, 3-0, and and then you let them get a block punt for a touchdown. Can't let right. that happen. But Highest as a score. fan, I'm excited. You know, well, I know you can't are. Be, can't be upset with another victory. Um, it just set up as a game that that possibly the Patriots would lose, and then they would just curb stomp them at home later this year. That's what I thought was going to happen. I think the Patriots might go freaking 8-0, dude. Like, easy. Like, going eight in. 8 or 18 and a. No, like 8-0. Eight, eight no. I think they're going to end up losing a game eventually. But uh, they still got a pretty easy schedule coming up. I don't have the schedule in front of my face right now. But it I think is like very the, easy. The first eight weeks is, like, stupid easy. And then it's like, after that, they start playing some tougher teams. So, yeah. don't I just know. want to stay healthy. I don't, I don't mind if they lose a few games here and there. I just want to see them, see them stay healthy. I don't want to see more offensive linemen get hurt. And then, you know, then Tom Brady doesn't have time to throw. So, I just don't want to – I don't want to go into those games with backup offensive linemen. But all I have to – yeah, all I got to say is the winner of, of fantasy football games, like through week four, drafted the Patriots defense. That is a guarantee. Um, but, yeah, they did – they, like, that was like the highest score in fantasy fucking producer was an entire defensive unit. In that one game, like you said, other than that, it was just kind of like uh, whatever. Except for when those people got married at halftime, like that—that that was uh, I miss that. It's all time, all time move right there for the fucking. I miss that piece. Yeah, that happened. That really fucking Man. happened. Man. Yeah, another surprising uh, defensive performance. Did not see this shit coming. The Giants, the New York Football Giants. 24 points. Even though they were playing the Redskins, I did not think they were going to be able to put up that much points defensively because their defense is not that great. Like, they had 24 fantasy points. What was it? Four interceptions, uh, one defensive touchdown, three sacks. Wow. Yeah, I didn't see this coming either. This was that game that a lot of people were stacking in DFS, and it turns out really what you needed instead of going Daniel Jones and then running it back with the cheap Washington receivers – all you really needed there was Wayne Gallman, which was somebody I ranked number one in the bottom tier um, on the cheat sheet on the Patreon page. But um, everyone thought this would be a game where we saw the secondaries for both teams get torched. And we saw Case Keenum get pulled, and that led to some other interceptions, and we never saw production from the receivers. So it was just a, a brutal game, and the Giants' defense, you know, hats off to them for finally having a good performance. 
Hell yeah. You got to be so hype about for Wayne Gallman too. Like I know Saquon is like the biggest hype man of him right now because Saquon tweeted out before the game. He was just like, y'all better be starting my boy Wayne today. Like something like that. Basically just saying like, look out for them fantasy points. And he fucking showed up, dude. Like Wayne. So it's like, does this, is, is, is Saquon a system running back? Don't you dare. Mm, Hot take. Don't you dare. Is he? It was, it was Washington defense, which is a pretty bad unit. I'm not gonna hype it up too much, but I'm I'm thrilled because I had Wayne Gallman everywhere uh, this week. He just couldn't pass him up at that cheap price tag. So we'll probably see him come in much more expensive next week. I'm not sure who the Giants are playing, but all that information will be on our Thursday podcast. I want I want to see how many people can convince someone to drop Saquon Barkley for Wayne Gallman. <laughs> like just if, out, if that, outright drop him. <laughs> <laughs> the only way I'm seeing that happen is drugs. Drugs are like seven-year-olds that play fantasy football. That's like it's like, oh, I got this new guy, Wayne Gallman. I dropped that Saquon Barkley, that piece of shit. He's a system running back. <laughs> I heard it on a, on, a, on a podcast that I listened to one time. Like, oh my god, I hope there's no seven-year-old kids listening to this fucking show. <laughs> Don't let is. your kids listen to the show. Um. Yeah, so just good performance for the Giants. They needed that shit. Um, I I had Daniel Jones. He only got like 16 fantasy points, which is like whatever, you know. Like, And then Matthew Stafford, just like everybody was talking about, he definitely had a better game. Talk about that game. Fucking Patrick Mahomes had no touchdowns in week four. What planet are we on? Yeah, I think it's safe to say that was just an outlier. Won't really happen. No, I think it's um, safe to say Detroit's good. I will, I will back that know, up. Detroit's dude, a good man, team. Going back to my – I mean, I went on so many rants to a few of my buddies about the games this weekend already, but there were so many things that just went weird. Like three or four fumbles in that game that were just odd and it ruined the flow of the game. The Chiefs had plenty of opportunities to throw touchdown passes and score, and, you know, somebody would just fumble the ball. So – it was just a weird – it kind of summed up the Sunday. That and the um, interception that DeAndre Hopkins threw. I'm, I'm sure we'll get to that in a little while, but I put that tweet out there that a perfect summary of my weekend was that interception that DeAndre Hopkins threw. I don't know why Bill, Bill O'Brien's calling a wide receiver um, passed from like the 15-yard line, but he thought that was a good idea. Sorry I think, to get off topic. I think that Matt Patricia found like a dark magic book when he went to Hot Topic to buy his like fedoras and all like the 2010 bedazzled shirts that he wears. And maybe he's using that this year so that the lines can be good. Yeah, I think we've talked about it on the podcast before. I know my take on it was they're going to be a team that plays everyone tough this year. And whether that ends with them having a really good record or whether it wins with them losing those games, I don't know. But from what I've seen just watching the games, they, they're competitive in all three phases. So, Shout out to that Detroit – Defense. I put a dip I hear in, you by dip the in. way. Yeah, That's I put a dip in. I was waiting for you to respond. And I was like, wait a second. Does he not like what I'm saying? No, it's it's a sloppy sloppy week four, so I'm just going to get really sloppy laid back with this episode. I'm still, I still can't believe that we opened it up with me blowing my nose as the intro, but hey, we thought it was a good idea. I still can't believe that I told people that I think something entertaining would be for a guy to go fly fucking 800 feet in the air after getting hit 200 miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> but I did. I said it, and I'm not going to edit it out. 
it is what it is. You got the raw edition this week, boys and girls. We came out up front and we're saying we're not going to be doing the, the normal the normal routine here. So Yeah, you got to have one of these every now and then. I mean, and hopefully you guys enjoy it. And if you enjoy this shit, let, let us know because I, I'm just, I'm just going to be out there tonight. Like, I'm just going to let you know or today or whatever day you're listening to this. This is, this is the week, week four uh, recap, and uh, this is going to be the, the, silly, the silly episode where we just say what we say and do what we do. Um, hey, hey, do you remember the um, Browns assistant coach from Hard Knocks that when he would sell, when he would yell like hike or whatever, his like his belly would move up and down. You remember that tweet? Yeah, that's Bob Wiley. That's that's Gut Wiley, the gut factor, okay. gut checker man. Okay, I love that tweet that I put out a long time ago about him, and everyone everyone loved that that episode. But I have a question <laughs> for you. <laughs> I have a question for you, Matt Patricia versus. That dude, who takes down more pieces of pizza at a at a buffet? Who are you taking? Oh man, dude, gotta take Matt Patricia. He's just so much more of a grease ball looking than Bob Wiley. Like Bob Wiley's got a little bit of class to him. Matt Patricia, like after I saw how Matt Patricia dresses when he's not coaching, when you would like go out like to the movies and shit when you were a kid and there would always be like those, like those strange kids that always hung out by the arcade. And there was always that one guy that wore like a vest with a t-shirt for no reason. And like a clip on tie with a fedora. And he was like playing with a yo-yo. That was Matt. That was Matt Patricia as a kid. You and your comparisons, man, where do they, where do these come from in your brain? Dude, I've had a crazy life, bro. (laughs) I've, I've seen some shit. I'll be honest with you. And what makes you think Matt Patricia would be that guy? Dude, he was like wearing some kind of like pinstripe fedora in an interview last season before his first oh, yeah. game, and like he had like a star. Like you remember, remember like the shirts that had like the stars and shit on them. Like back when we were like coming out of high school in like 2010 and like 2011, like all the affliction, bedazzled, bejeweled bullshit was like a big thing. No offense if you wore that, but I'm probably gonna pick on you. Yeah, I don't even have to say no offense. I don't mind picking on picking on that person yeah uh, like people that wear like like dudes that wear sparkly jeans like it makes their ass look sparkly and they have like crosses and shit like what the fuck are you doing yeah in what world like i feel like matt patricia wears a lot of that man i don't know i know that if he doesn't succeed as a head coach that guy's always going to have a place in the league as a defensive coordinator because to me he just looks like a defensive coordinator so if i had to cut and paste a defensive coordinator on t- to like a work instruction of what you want to look for for appearances to hire a defensive coordinator, I probably would put Matt Patricia on there. Oh, dude, without a doubt. Like, he's, he's a fucking great – he's great at his job. He's really good at his job. I just think that, like, like, when I see Matt Patricia, I expect to see him wearing exactly what he wore on the sideline everywhere that he goes. Like, backwards yeah. hat, hoodie, and pencil. That's, that's all you need. Yeah, in his closet, you see, like, ten different things. and a lot of the same stuff, five or right. six shirts. And he has like a cigar box that he keeps all of his pencils in and he keeps them neatly sharpened at all times. And like, if I went to a wedding and Matt Patricia was there, he better be wearing gym shorts, a hoodie and a pencil in a backwards snapback hat and possibly have a Motorola headset around or a Bose headset now, because that's where the NFL has went to around his neck. Like that's, that's the only attire that Matt Patricia can wear. Like, you, right. Matt Patricia can't wear anything else. So when I see him wearing other shit like that, I'm just immediately just like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? 
Like you're, you're killing your brand here. Yeah. And you go to his refrigerator and you open it up and it's just like a, in his freezer and his refrigerator, it's just like beer, milk, and then a bunch of protein, like, you know, meats and, um, eggs. And that, that's all there is. There's no, there's nothing else. It's just and, protein, alcohol, and, and milk. And, and where, where you're supposed to keep eggs at, he keeps the blades for his pencil sharpeners because he likes to make sure they're ice cold. So that everything he writes is just fucking like, you know, sharp. You know what I'm saying? Like he just, yeah. he keeps his razors cold. Um, for sure. We need to confirm some of this. We should, we nice. should, we should have him on the show. I do just got to backtrack real quick and, and say though, like shout out to Matt Stafford. Like I was pretty dumb for not playing him, but like when the hip injury thing came out with him, like I was just like, for a minute, I was like, Ooh, like you might've made a good choice. Like for, for putting Daniel Jones in, but then I quickly realized that that was not a good choice. And, um, and yeah, so that's, that's my life so far this year in fantasy. Hey, that's a perfect example of what can happen though. Like I had Daniel Jones and Matt Stafford basically producing the same points this week, like as a, like basically a push. But when one game goes lopsided and they just start running the ball, I mean, the giants, the whole second half weren't even really needing to score, trying to score. They were just trying to run possession. And, um, we easily could have seen Daniel Jones put up a, you know, a higher fantasy performance. If it wasn't for the, for the Redskins. Can we talk about so. can we talk about Dwayne Haskins too, like how they they put him in like stupid fast, and then like he just shit the bed. <laughs> yeah, now I'm <laughs> and now I'm hearing they might start Colt McCoy. It's like what are the Redskins doing, man? Like they have they no need, clue what they're doing. They need to fire everybody. The they need to just take the year off. The whole team needs to just say we're taking the year off to like you know fucking regroup and come back and they just instead of planning plays they need to plot on how they can just like get rid of dan snyder i agree man i agree we're gonna see some really bad really really bad teams not get any better this year i think this is the first year that we're just gonna see some teams never i mean every now and then you're gonna see them win a win a game here and there but how bad are the redskins the dolphins the bengals I mean, who else am I leaving out? But there's some just awful teams where you just have no hope. The, I mean, the Jets. The Jets are one yep. of them, obviously, now. It's like I thought the Jets were going to be better than they are. But, I mean, we'll get, we'll get Sam Darnold back, and we got Chris Herndon coming back this week. So, I'm excited to see that. Like, I got high hopes for Chris Herndon. So, hopefully, they can get into a rhythm. I want to see the Jets get in a rhythm. So, I don't think they're going to be like – I think they're going to win games. Like, they'll win some games now. Um, I don't think they they'll be as bad. At least you know, with the injury, dude. They're um, the Jets. They always have an excuse. Yeah, that's true. But these other teams, like they've had their guys out there, and they're still that bad. So, right. I don't know. It's a. Uh, it's it's just. Have we ever had a, a season where this many teams have been bad? Maybe this bad in terms of record, like that happens almost every year. But like in our era, in our era of like in like the past like ten years, I can't even. So remember. yeah, you see it, but you don't see how like it's, it hasn't been this bad. Where the where the game, the the point differential is this ex, this extensive. You've never seen that. Is this a generational knowledge. thing? <laughs> I hope not. I think I think we're seeing the tanking like kind of seep over to the NFL a little bit. Especially right. with the Dolphins, maybe NBA they're the only culture. ones that are clearly doing it. NBA, we're culture, seeing it man. off the field too. We're seeing it with Jalen Ramsey right now. So crazy shit, man! Just wild, wild time to be alive. Um, heavy hitter. 
I do want to I want to give a huge shout out to my heavy hitter of the week, Nicholas Chubb. 42 fantasy points, absolutely piss-stomped over the Ravens' defense. 165 rushing yards, uh, three receptions for 18 yards, and three touchdowns rushing. What a fucking performance out of Nick, Nicholas Chubb. Do, are they – like, if, if he can do that over the Ravens, like, this, this means one of two things. Nick Chubb is that good, and they just – Freddie Kitchens has not, like, really done well with the game plan with, with the run. Or the Ravens are actually not that good. I don't know what happened. This was one of those games I picked the Ravens, so I was devastated by this. It seemed like it came out of nowhere. Um, but we were talking about this somewhat recently on the podcast, Chase. I was saying um, Baker Mayfield's got to have that run game going to to make a big difference in the game, and we saw the we saw everything come together this past week. So. Um, the Ravens' defense might not be what, what it's been the past few years. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, like, I mean, well, obviously, like, the Ravens' defense are not anywhere close to, like, what they have been. Um, I feel like they made some moves in the offseason that kind of fucked them a little bit, but it's like, I don't know, dude. Like, maybe the Browns are just starting to wake up now. Maybe that's all it is. Maybe they have been good this whole time, and, they're, and now they're just like, fuck all this. The media is, like, making fun of us. Like, it's time to wake up. I'm really pissed off that I didn't take that trade you offered me now. Um, so, for, for the listeners, uh, me and Drew were trying to negotiate a trade between, I think it was, it was Aaron Jones and Jarvis Landry coming from you for my Tyreek Hill and I don't even remember who else it was. I can't it was Tyreek Hill and Sony Michelle. And Sony Michelle. I really should have took that trade. Jarvis Landry fucking did exactly what I thought he was going to do and put up 27 fantasy points, 167 receiving yards, and eight receptions. Um, no touchdowns. The fun part was that I got to start him against you after the trade decline. Right. I would have beat you this week if it, if it would have been for that trade. Like, if I would have made that trade, I would have beat you. But I would have lost Tyreek Hill, and there's no telling what will happen. And knowing my luck at this point in this league this season, in this one league that I'm in, he's probably going to come back and shit the bed. Yeah, but so will I – mean, I'm sure Jarvis Landry will probably um, – yeah. He's I'm not going to be an every week guy. Yeah. But OBJ on him. Tyreek Hill's going to go off, man. You're going to get some points back. Trust me. Oh, 100%. I can't wait for that. My, my two uh, first two draft picks, Michael Thomas and Tyreek Hill. First time I've ever went double wide receiver in any time I've ever played fantasy in my entire fantasy career. Never went back-to-back wide receiver. And I think I'm regretting it. But uh, <laughs> Baker Mayfield, he didn't put up that impressive of fantasy numbers, 19 fantasy points. He threw for 342 yards, uh, 20 completions, and a touchdown. This uh, team's about Nick Chubb. End of story. Yeah, it's a run team. What? what like, I'm, I'm ready to see what happens when Kareem, Kareem Hunt comes back. Still the weirdest trade or weirdest, not trade, you know, acquisition to me. I don't know why you mess up what they had there with the one-two punch of Nick Chubb and Duke Johnson. Um, right. There's not – I don't know. It's going to be weird to see, but maybe it'll be more spectacular than we ever imagined or dreamed. So, If you're Nick Chubb and you do everything right this whole time, let's say he continues to do well, and then Kareem Hunt comes in and takes over 50%, 60% of the snaps, how pissed are you if you're Nick Chubb? Just put yourself in his shoes. I'd be pretty mad because, like, he's trying to establish that it's like his – that's his backfield. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he's done nothing wrong. I don't remember him ever having – and fumbling problem 
Um, he's always produces. I don't know, man. I'm just saying it was such a weird thing to do to take a, take a risk on a guy like Kareem Hunt. It's like they were, it's like they were going for the all talent team, the the all star team, you know. Um, but we'll see. It might work out for him. They might just play them both. It's it's going to be uh they they're going to have to like Kareem's got to be step into the Duke Johnson role. That's the only thing that I see that they could do really. It'll be fun to watch. I'm excited for it. Ready to see this Browns game next week. We'll be covering that on Friday's episode. Um, one game that did not – another game I didn't see coming. Should have seen coming but didn't see coming. Tennessee and Atlanta. So, Marcus Mariota had himself a decent fantasy game with uh, 23 fantasy How many times have you said that in your life? Not a lot. Um, not a lot at all. And the savior of the team – Another one of my heavy hitters this week. Won't be, won't be doing this every week. A.J. Brown, rookie wide receiver for the Tennessee Titans. If you had him in DFS, good job. Because I guarantee you not a lot of people did. Yeah, he, this is one of those – this kind of reinforces the fact that we should never be playing the Titans receivers because it seems like it's going to be just sporadic every week. So – Right. Derrick Henry. I don't want anything to do. Yeah, he didn't have that good of a day either. I mean, if you're a defense, what do you do against this Titans offense? You just say, all right, well, let's stop Derrick Henry, right? Let's just try, you know? Like that's it. And but but it's Atlanta. Atlanta's defense is horrible. Atlanta's team in general is just horrible this year. Like and I mean, I don't know, man. I don't want nothing to do with that fucking off. The only thing that I like this year out of that offense is Austin Hooper, and he was heavily talked about going into the season by a lot of people on Twitter. Not a lot of big-name fantasy experts, but a lot of Twitter fantasy experts were really high on Austin Hooper, and and they fucking nailed that shit. He had 25 fantasy points this week. Austin Hooper's really is starting to establish himself as uh, one of the top tight ends in the league now. So pretty cool shit there from old uh, Austin. Anybody that had him on their team this year, they got him at a cheap price, and I feel like they've uh, they've got their money's worth so far going into the season into week four. Don't really know what can happen later on, but it seems like he's become a favorite target of of old Mister Matt Ryan. Is this the year of the big name receivers just not showing up? Because I think it's gonna I think it's gonna flip back to they all had those monster games, but you know it's the it's the week it's the week for sure. I'll, I'll tell you that much. But all year, I mean, has Julio had a good, a good uh, like a really, really strong game all year? Julio hasn't really had a strong game in two going on two years now. Like he had like well, he's had strong games, but like just uh, as far as his very like how he does week to week. Um, last year he only had it didn't, he didn't get his first touchdown until like what week? Like it was later on in the in the season or midway yeah, through but the he season. Was, he was producing the you know the touchdowns weren't common, but I don't remember a year where you just saw him and DeAndre Hopkins not producing. And then Devontae Adams, I don't think until this past week, he like had, had nothing. Right. He wasn't doing too hot until this week. This was his big game, 31 fantasy points. Watch out anybody that has him. um, He's already basically pretty much, they've came out and said he will not be playing next week. So there's a little early news for next week. So you might better uh, be, be checking out that waiver wire to get you a backup wide receiver for the them Green Bay Packers or somebody because he ain't going to be playing. 
Yeah, speaking of DeAndre Hopkins, though, talking a little bit about this uh, this Houston-Carolina game, uh, obviously big shout-out. Christian McCaffrey is just carrying the fuck out of that team. Your boy Kyle Allen didn't look so hot. Um, so I don't, I don't know, Drew. I don't know. Yeah, this game was another ugly one. Um, the production there for fantasy was probably disappointing for a lot of people that were playing daily in, in season long. Kyle Allen looked awful. Um, I think he had two or three fumbles lost. And then Deshaun Watson also looked awful. So kind of thought this game would see some more scoring, but truthfully it was just the Christian McCaffrey show. Yep, that's just the way it is. But, yeah, Hopkins, uh, big bed shitter of the week with eight fantasy points. Not what you want out of a guy you draft in the first round. Um, but that game, literally, I didn't even watch hardly any of that game. There was not a lot of that game shown on the red zone. I didn't see I much of it. I got two things to say about it. So I had a lot of this game in DFS and – really made me mad not in cash games but in tournaments and the deandre hopkins throwing an interception just was the most infuriating thing but also will fuller had a 75 yard touchdown that Deshaun watson just overthrew him completely like wide open and will fuller is one of those guys i play in tournaments a lot and i mean chase you know what a 75 yard touchdown can do for a guy that costs you you know cl- oh, yeah. very low, low salary so oh, um, yeah. it was very disappointing um, just I had to shout out those two plays because it and literally out, made me want to throw something. Shout out to DeAndre Hopkins for for being a great quarterback for the Panthers and throwing the ball right to a Panthers defender. Don't he's not yeah. Odell Beckham. He cannot do what Odell Beckham can do. Odell Beckham was another bed shitter. Just backtracking to the to the uh, Cleveland game. He he didn't have a great game at all. But I'm he, telling you, man, none of the big receivers are doing anything. This is the weirdest fantasy year ever. Strange times, man. Strange fucking times, for sure. Um, but, yeah, the Carolina game, man, just – I don't even know. It's just kind of woof. Another heavy hitter. Got to give, give this award out because I've been waiting to give this award out. Thank God and every Leonard Fournette owner out there can rest easy now because he had his game rushing over 225 yards or rushing for 225 yards. No touchdowns. But uh, good for Leonard. 29 fantasy points. Got to love it. Hell of a game for Leonard. And also for Gardner Minshew, um, for just being Gardner Minshew. And the play that he had where he stepped up into the pocket that you showed me before we even started recording this episode because I missed that somehow and I got to see it. Oh, man. Uh, All the Kleenex was out of the room. (laughs) everywhere. Yeah, it's an amazing play. I highly recommend anybody listening to go watch it. It's going to remind you a little Brett Favre, a little Tony Romo, maybe even a little Johnny Manziel, um, but really Romo and, and Brett Favre. That's what I saw. Um, but man, this was a huge comeback on the road. I know it was the Broncos, but this game was looking like it was over. And Minshew just has that that it factor, the intangibles that seem like he's going to come back. And um, and like you said, shout out to Leonard Fournette. I will say this is about the point in the season where. You know, we're four weeks in, so that means next week or week six, we're going to see a hamstring injury for Leonard Fournette, and you won't be able to start him the rest of the year. So, don't you dare! Unfortunately, dude, it happens every year. When he's when he's healthy, he's just one of those favorite guys for me to play. Look, I know this, but, Drew, but you don't have to say it, okay? <laughs> you <laughs> you did, don't. Who did you do it to? I got mad at you for um, Saquon. Saquon, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I, I, mean, I feel like everybody should have like seen that one coming. I mean, that's, he was just in a bad situation. That's not as predictable as Leonard Fournette. I don't know. Leonard Fournette, it happens every year. Is that bad that I felt like the the Saquon injury was just predictable? 
No, it, I mean, the, their team's so bad that – and, you know, we had Eli out there that we thought – I think I even kind of agreed with you. But, man, he's just such a freak athletically that it takes a lot for that body to, to think he's going to get injured. But that's what happened. Um, that is. All frog legs break at some point. Um, hey, I do have a question for you. Since we're going so, like, so far off topic to that tonight, can Christian McCaffrey win the MVP if he keeps us up? Uh, absolutely, 100%. I, I was the hugest advocate for people to be drafting CMC first overall at 101. Like, I, I, I told everybody this year, like, if you got the first pick of the draft, you better pick Christian McCaffrey. Don't go after Saquon. Don't go after Alvin Kamara. As much as I love Alvin Kamara, if you don't believe that Christian McCaffrey is, like, the number one, like, like running back right now, you're out of your mind. Dude's fucking amazing. Like, he's consistently putting up big numbers. I think he had, like, one game so far this year where he didn't do that, that hot. They shut him down completely. But everyone, every good running back is going to have that game. But for him to do the kind of shit that he's doing, like, I love every, every bit of it. So, yes, I 100% think he can be MVP. Yeah, we just never see a running back actually get it. We've seen these kind of outbursts where a running back goes off and then, like, it's, it's going to be Pat Mahomes. That's the league, it, that's the league just the league just downplays running backs. I mean, running backs are important in fantasy, but the league if he itself, keeps this pace, pace up there, like if, let's say the Panthers win nine games and he continues to do this, he's only had one bad game, and he's overcompensated that with three incredible games. Dude, he's he's the leader of the team. He's the leader of the team, and, and most valuable player is always a leader. So you can't overlook him. That's all I gotta say. Um. Going back to the Denver-Jacksonville game, though, my, uh, my favorite heavy hitter of this week is one that hits really close to home with me and you. Um, Joseph Flacco, Joseph Flacconi, uh, 26 fantasy points for old Joe. Hell of a day. 303 passing yards, three touchdowns thrown, one interception, just one. Had the beautiful negative one rushing yard stat. Got to love it. Um, but, yeah, great day for Joe, and our race between him and Andy Dalton is very close. How far off are we? So, I think we're off by, like, eight or nine points total. It's an average of two points per game. We were looking like a landslide for Andy Dalton until this week where we just saw Flacco get 26, 27, like you said, and Andy Dalton scored, like, six points tonight. So, that brought mm. it back to a, to a two-point margin. So, we're uh, – it's uh, anybody's ball game with these two tw- with these two terrible quarterbacks. Um, moving forward, JJ Watt broke Andy Dalton when he called him the Red Rider BB gun. I don't think Andy Dalton needed to be broken. I think he's been broken. If any quarterback ever looked like a broken bone, it's Andy Dalton. Guy just looks like a broken femur all day. Yeah, his this is the last year for Andy Dalton in, in Cincinnati. They're gonna let Ooh, he's gonna be the first it? scapegoat. Yeah, he's gonna be the first scapegoat because they're gonna at least give this coach like a chance for this with his players, the guys he brings in. At least I think they will. I don't think they're gonna fire the head coach for one year. It's not the not the Bengals way. Um, shout out, shout out. So you're gonna see Andy Dalton like try to reinvent himself somewhere. And the perfect place that would be, honestly, would be Denver. Ooh. You're going to see him like I mean he already like, has orange hair so I mean he, just, he has to say <laughs> only Andy Dalton can only play on teams with orange in their colors. Yeah. Calling that? Yeah, I'm I'm in there. Andy Dalton can never play for a team where orange is not on the jersey. That's a rule. It has to go 
Yeah, it has to be in his contract. 100%. Um, I want to move to this next game. Did you see the Oakland Raiders beating the Colts at home? You keep saying all these things, and it's like my exact frustrations with why I went like 1-6 and six or 1-7 and seven on my plays this week. Right, um, because you said that no. the Colts' defense was a great play. <laughs> I just remember that one thing. Like, I don't have anything in front of me as far as shit that you said last week, but I, that thing stood out to me the most. Because I was, I remember you saying like the Colts defense are a great play this week, and I just looked down at the score and I saw what the fuck that Raiders were doing to the Colts, and I was like, "Damn, Drew's probably not having a good day today." <laughs> yeah, man, it was a uh, rough day for me. Um, that kind of sums it up too. But you'll bounce back, um, baby. Don't worry. Oh yeah, I know. And the DFS, um, my my fifty fifty lineup for DFS on DraftKings was incredible. Um. That was the only highlight. I had Christian McCaffrey, uh, Wayne Gallman, and Austin Eckler, all three running backs in my in my in my um, lineup there. So that was the bright spot. But no, the Colts defense was in a prime spot to to get a few turnovers at home against Derek Carr. And what do you know? The the Raiders looked like a good team. So shout out to Brissett though. Brissett had a pretty good fantasy stat: twenty three fantasy points um, without. Th- Without T.Y. Yep, without T.Y. So, shout out to Jacoby for, for making that happen. I don't really even think we need to talk too much about the, the Chargers-Miami uh, game just because of the fact that I thought that, like, this was going to be the week that Miami, like, turned shit around, but it wasn't, um, which is odd because it normally happens that way, like, all the time. Like, they just don't do that well when, when they're playing against Miami for some reason, like, in Miami. But yeah. I guess just because and they, were, they just, were playing them close, and then all of a yeah. sudden they just fell apart. I thought you had a good call for a little while. Like when I saw the first half, I was like, "Man, Chase, Chase called the upset." Yeah, I was hoping for it so bad, but it didn't happen. It, it's going to happen one of these. It's going to happen to some poor team. It'll it'll probably be the Patriots. Probably will be. No, they'll they'll, they'll no, find a way. Nope. <laughs> that'll be like the only. That'll be like their Super Bowl. Miami Dolphins won the Super Bowl. They'll be like the UCF of the NFL this year because they won that game. They automatically think they won the Super Bowl. If they hey, for the, for the Thursday podcast, we're, we're going to both prepare. We're going to look at the, we're going to look at the Dolphins schedule and we're just going to each guess who they're going to beat. I'm down. I'm let's down make our that. bold stances. Like well, let's each pick two weeks that we think they can get the win. Cause I don't think they're going to win more than two games. Okay. All right. I'm down with that. I'm hundred percent down with that. So we'll make that happen. Remind us, Garage fam. I'm writing it. I'm also writing that down in my notepad right now. Another game that I thought that a couple of players were going to do a lot better in was Arizona and Seattle. I thought Russell Wilson would have went off in this game. He had like under 15 fantasy points. Chris Carson did decent with 21 fantasy points. Um, he had no touchdowns, but uh, four receptions for 41 yards and rushed for 104 yards. So not a bad day for Chris Carson and no fumbles. So that's all always a great week for Chris Carson when he has zero fumbles. Yeah, um, I think that's the first game this week he didn't fumble. And um, I almost had a brilliant call, man. I, I came on here like week two, week three. I was like, if Chris Carson keeps fumbling, he's going to lose some reps. And that happened, I think, in week four. He lost some reps. But yeah, Rashad he's Penny. such a good runner, man. He's such a hard runner. It's just hard to bench him. So. He is, dude, and he looks he looks like a guy that like would be on the Twisted Metal video game. If you really look at his face really closely, he's a he's he's a guy he's a character from Twisted Metal. 
I would love to see. Uh, maybe we should. I don't even know what twisted metal is. Oh man, you're gonna have a lot of people mad at you probably listening to this show right now. You you you're a play. You're, are you a, you ever played PlayStation at all when you were a kid? I did. Um, but twisted metal more. is like a demolition game, and they had. The, you don't remember the video game with the clown with the ice cream truck ro- drove around like flames and fire, and you're just like hitting shit. And, man, I don't. I thought I was playing. Um, I was playing like Nintendo and stuff until Damn, I got the man. Xbox. Yeah, this is like when I graduated from playing Pokemon Battle and, and Zelda Majora's Mask to, to go in immediately to get in my PS2 to play in like Vice City and Twisted Metal and shit like that. This is when I went from being like the kid gamer to like, I'm still a kid, but now I'm playing a bunch of adult shit, so I'm a grown-up now. Right. That was uh, that transition. Um, but yeah, Twisted Metal, great game. Go buy a copy of it tomorrow. <laughs> David Johnson, 21 fantasy points. I'm proud of David. He's he's carrying strong. So gotta, many targets. Yep. Gotta he got love so that. many targets. But um, hey, this is a perfect example. Learning moment for the subscribers and for even myself. You know, in 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 the 50-50 games you play on DFS, you want to be targeting like the optimal plays. And a perfect example was the Giants guys this week. And um, Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett and these guys. And all it takes is a team just completely crapping the bed and then the other team can control the game script. You know what I mean? The game script goes off and then the next thing you know, if you would have stacked Chris Godwin, Robert Woods, you win all the money. So that's why when you play tournaments, man, you got to get you got to get crazy sometimes, you know, you it's always best to play the optimal plays, but if you want to win the big prize, you got to take some of these games that are not predictable because we saw this week none of the chalk hit really except for Wayne Gallman. The chalky plays did not hit. Um, you you got to get crazy, I say. Yeah. It would have been a good week for you because you get crazy with those lineups sometimes. I'm always – yeah, I love it though. I love getting wild with them. Um, the wild women, the wild women, the ripping and the tearing. Rick, Rick from Hedonism 2. Rick from Hedonism 40 2. Times. I love it. Um, I, I want to talk about a player, though, that's been ripping, ripping and a tearing hearts out for people all season long into week four. Stefan Diggs, all you've got to do every week is just when it comes to the Minnesota Vikings, listen to me. I have been right every week about if it's going to be Diggs or a Thielen day. And it's, it's as simple as that. I'm either going to say this is going to be a Thielen game or this is going to be a Diggs game. Said it last week. It's going to be a Diggs game. It's a fucking Diggs game. 19 fantasy points, Stefan Diggs. Adam Thielen shit the bed, and he was also mad at Kirk Cousins for not throwing the ball deeper down the field, which is what everybody in the world is mad about Kirk Cousins for, um, alongside the fact that he is way fucking overpaid. Um, so this game right here was uh, just incredible. Another incredible win for the, for the Chicago Bears defense. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky got hurt too, by the way. Yeah, this game sucked. This game was just boring too. Um, mm-hmm. Dude, I, I got something for you. It's, I mean, it seems like the Redskins and Kirk Cousins are just meant to be together again. I mean, they were like, how can Kirk Cousins be a better quarterback with worse receivers and then have possibly the best duo and cannot have any explosive, explosive plays. Ex- explain that to me. 
I think that if he just got rid of the minivan, it would change things for him. He's <laughs> just, I think the minivan is what keeps this going. Like you, like, a minivan in Virginia is one thing. But when you move to Minnesota, man, like there, you, you got to – I mean, the snow, like you got to wear turtlenecks and be a little bit flashy in Minnesota. He, he just needs to get him like a nice white Bugatti, you know, something like that, or like yeah. get, get him a cool like McLaren to roll up in or an, or an Audi and like just hop out with a turtleneck. He needs a, a complete makeover as a quarterback, and I think that he would be okay. If he just got some swag in him, he'd be fine. We need man, to rock to get a hold. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong. I just – I mean, we used to see him have explosions for big fantasy days on the Redskins. I'm not saying they were against good teams, but, I mean, what has happened? These Kirk Cousins. I mean, I never – I never thought that him going – I thought him going to the Vikings was just going to be, like, disappointing. I mean, that's not what the Vikings need. The Vikings – if the Vikings really want to be good, they got to get a, a top-caliber quarterback. That's that's it. Like that's the only way they'll ever be good and they'll ever break their curse and they'll ever win a fucking Super Bowl is if they just get a top caliber quarterback. You can't go get somebody like Kirk Cousins. That's like fucking below Joe Dirt in quarterback standpoint. And and Joe Dirt was awesome, by the way. I love Joe Dirt, which I think Joe Dirt's way better than Kirk Cousins as a as a as a person. But yeah. It's just it's I don't know, man. He's fucking Kirk Cousins. It's just you can't put an average guy like that. But it's weird because Case Keenum was that average guy, but I think Case Keenum's cooler than Kirk Cousins. And Case Keenum sucks at Washington. Yeah, it's bad news. And we're about to see either Haskins or Colt McCoy. I think Colt McCoy and Case Keenum are the same player, the exact same player. So yeah. All I got to say is this. Um, I do like Colt McCoy more. He has a little bit more. Swag to him. He was on the he was he was on the cover of Madden Madden at one point when he played for the Browns. He's been a Madden cover guy. Hook him. Fucking ruined his damn career. Um, but I will say this about the Bears: I hope they never wear those jerseys again because they genuinely look like fucking circus clowns. The, that whole entire uniform is looks like trash. It looks like the fucking the college in Arizona. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the jerseys. That's the way their offenses look, though. They should just know every time Mitchell Trubisky starts, just march out those jerseys, and then Chase Daniels comes in. It looks about looks the same. I mean, that's right. Is that a big downgrade for them? They're still going to win games probably with Chase with him. I mean, I don't know. From what we've seen from Trubisky, it's not a big. It's not a huge downgrade. You just lose the mobility. Yeah, not the, the legs. Could be better, but not the worst. Um. All right. So, I mean. I, I'm ready to go ahead and talk a little bit about some guys that, that I think that all of our garage fans should be targeting on the waiver wire this week. Um, I do have a couple lined up. One off the top of my head is going to be Ricky Seals-Jones. I had no idea he played for Cleveland, but with David Njoku out, he's definitely somebody that you want to look to. 82 receiving yards and a touchdown. Um, he was only targeted three times, but still he made the most out of that. Ricky Seals could be a little, little savior for you. Um, another guy that is a must have right now that we saw after tonight, he's going to keep being targeted. Deontay Johnson, he's just one of those guys. I mean, he's not going to be like a, you know, stupid superstar, but past two weeks, man, he's, he showed up kind of when it counts. He had 18 fantasy points tonight, wide receiver for Pittsburgh. He's basically took over Dante, um, Moncrief's role. I don't even think Moncrief played tonight. I didn't even yeah. see Moncrief out there. I don't even know if he was active, man. 
Mm-mm. Um, it seems like they they kept James Washington in that role where he like comes in and out of the game, and they just slid Johnson into the Moncrief number two role. Right. So and one more guy that is proven now. So glad that I, I did spend the money on this guy and go after him. Will Disley, tight end for the Seattle Seahawks. This man is proven, in my opinion. Even though he played against Arizona, he's still a couple weeks now. He's been putting up big numbers. So. Shout out Will Disley. Yeah, Russell Wilson's looking to him. He's that he's kind of that solid role that he looks to while uh, Mr. Metcalf kind of goes through his rookie year. It's going to take him – he's going to be a work in process for a while. So it's going to be Lockett and Disley. And then occasionally you're going to see um, a few explosive plays from the other guys. But you know how Russell Wilson is, man. He kind of looks for those reliable targets that have been there in the system for a while, it seems like. Somebody's got to fill the role of Mr. Reliable. Maybe it's not a receiver. Maybe it's Will Disley. Absolutely. And, Drew, I got one more guy. One more guy that I uh, – he plays on a team with a one Gardner Minshew, Uncle Rico's son, guy that I love. You know, I'm a big tight end guy. James O'Shaughnessy, the man, the myth, the legend. This guy is coming into this league, tearing it up with a total of 8.8 fantasy points Killing the game for tight ends. <laughs> Gotta love it. One touchdown, targeted four times, had 18 yards on the day, no rushing yards. That's, that's the way I like my tight ends with a zero flat line for rushing stats. <laughs> James O'Shaughnessy, the man, the myth, the legend. He is here. The, ki- the, the most killer name for any tight end that ever walked amongst the earth. Don't care what anyone says. James O'Shaughnessy, get him today. Why you, why you still can, because somebody's going to go get him. And it'll probably be me, because I don't think anybody else is really looking at him but me. Hey, i got to ask you a question. I want you just to give me the first guess that comes to mind. Where did he go to college? Culinary Academy. <laughs> All right, no, I'll be, I'll be serious. I'll be serious. Um, I, off the top of my head, I automatically just want to say Notre Dame. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. No, it's uh, Illinois. So, he went to Illinois. Does uh, not seem like an yeah. Illinois guy. Seems like a total Notre Dame guy. I know, because I think the first time we brought up his name on this podcast, I was like, man, this just seems like a Pittsburgh Steelers tight end. That was my first thought. Oh, uh, no, no. This is not right. a Pittsburgh. No, he's not a Pittsburgh Steelers tight end. He is 100% a Jacksonville Jaguars tight end. He was born to play for this team. Man, but who was it that played tight end? For um, Pittsburgh, all these years, he just got traded this past year. I, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Jesse James. Yes, like he reminds me a little bit of Jesse James. I don't, I don't know why. So no, this dude looks like fucking um, James Shaughnessy. Just looks like Farva from fucking Super Troopers. That's that's when when I look at his face, I just think Farva. That's James O'Shaughnessy. Love that guy. I'm getting a James O'Shaughnessy. I I, I don't know if I should. I got my Minshew jersey on the way, but I feel like I should just double up and get an O'Shaughnessy jersey too. Love the guy. Love O'Shaughnessy. In the league that you're struggling in, that you feel like there's no hope, maybe it's the GGFS Pro League. I think you got to start Minshew and you got to start O'Shaughnessy and you got to ride that combo. Love it. I should probably just draft the entire Jacksonville Jaguars offense and do something that's never been done before. <laughs> just have one <laughs> game to watch every fucking Sunday. Well, it was a good stressful. time. Yeah, it would, but I can't do that. I love this game too much, man. Drewby, who do you have for your guys to look out for? Who's, who's some of your, your – I'll throw, 
Yeah, I'll throw a few random names out at people. Um, obviously, a hot one that I'm not too high on. Um, people are going to jump on Jordan Howard, but I just feel like there's going to be so many running backs in that mix. Although, you know, he's not the worst start. He was my last pick in the GGFS Pro League, I think. And No, no he wasn't. I picked him up like 10th, 11th round, and I ended up dropping him. And I kind of wish that I would have kept him stashed on the bench. Um, quick shout out to Cortland Sutton. If he's available in your league, he's been targeted a good bit throughout the year. We finally saw his, we finally saw him rewarded for those targets this past week. He had a good day. Um, who else is there? Antonio Callaway is coming off suspension. So he could be a third receiver in the Cleveland offense. I think they've had a lot of different guys playing that role. Um, Rashard Higgins has played a little bit, but he's had some injuries. Um, and then obviously we got for people that, you know, this guy was drafted in a lot of leagues. I think he might have taken him chase. I'm not sure, but Geronimo Allison might be on some some waiver wire, um, some waiver wires out yeah, there. Yeah, big time now with 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 uh, with Adams having turf toe. You you better go grab you some Allison. Yeah. So those are the names I'm looking at. That was and several, but and you can tell people that you have a verified sex addict on your fantasy football team. So that's some extra cool points you'll get. Uh, with John Allison. Oh, yeah, right. that was last episode. We talked about that. Yeah, he is yeah. a sex addict. Oh, man, I just found another tight end that I might, I might like. Nick O'Leary. Man, what a name. I love the O's. Like, a tight end with a good O and apostrophe. God, man, just fucking half a chub right there. Nick O'Leary, tight yeah. end for the Miami Dolphins. 1.9 fantasy points. Mm, that just gets me going. Whew. I think we need to get you like your natural element is sitting at like a Buffalo Wild Wings or a walk ons or, you know, sports bar and you're just eating some wings and you got maybe some some Buffalo sauce on your T shirt and you're getting real sloppy with it. Maybe you throw a dip in and right. you talk about tight ends. Dip in That's while eating wings. Yeah, I'm talking about after the wings, you throw the dip in, and you just have a little segment where you talk about tight ends because that stuff really – I mean, I can hear it in your voice how far you are to talk about it. Tight ends, tight ends, fucking – I love fucking tight ends, man. Like, that's that's my position. Like, I want – I before I die, I've got to be in a B-dubs sitting next to fucking James O'Shaughnessy and Nick O'Leary. And we're just going to sit there, and we're just going to talk about what it means to be a, a tight end in life. And that's that's happening, making that happen, making it today. And, and you love um, – who else is it? You hype a tight end every time on the podcast. Who was it, Dawson Knox last week? Yeah, Dawson Knox, fucking Rambo. They're calling the kid Rambo. Got to love that. I do, I do want to give a shout-out to a couple of these other players that I, I'm just looking at right now. Just some electric names. Byron Pringle, wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. Once you pop, the fun don't stop. 2.3 fantasy points. And Bobo Wilson, hell of a fucking name. Dude's name is Bobo. Like, Bobo. Bobo. Bobo Wilson, wide receiver for Tampa Bay, 2.4 fantasy points. God, I love these guys. Just these bottom-feeding bottom fantasy don't, Hey, don't forget guys. about your, your Saints guy. What was this, uh, Lil' Jordan? Yeah, Lil' Jordan Humphreys. He's back. Got, but he's more of like – Little Jordan's like that guy that just like comes like he comes around like he's like like you're just like hanging out with your friends and like all of a sudden you just see like this kid like poke his head out over behind the wall and he's just like what's up guys like get get out of here little Jordan like, yeah go home little Jordan yeah get the fuck out of here you know that's little Jordan Humphreys but I still like, love don't that. bring that to the dinner table 
No, yeah. Don't Get the that. fuck. What the hell is this, little Jordan? Back to your room. Fucking take take this with you. Pine saw. Like fucking pour pints all over your cabinet. Like he's got like chip crumbs everywhere in his room. That's little Jordan Humphreys. Shout out, little. He's probably pissed off right now. He's probably I don't leave chip crumbs in my room. I'm goddamn little Jordan Humphreys. Yeah, he's like the little brother that like causes his older like causes the older siblings to be late for school. Yeah, hundred you know, percent, like, dude. He's just like fucking taking up all the time in the bathroom every morning. That's him, all the way, all the way, dude. I've I've got. I'm gonna do like. Dude, between now and Friday's episode, I'm just going to do a ton of research on tight ends and I'm going to just like have like an all-time list of of tight ends that like I just like and I I really think what would benefit me right now is just to like have something to say about every NFL player based off of what their face looks like in their fucking headshot. I think that's something that I'm going to I'm going to do. I can already see you like staying up all hours of the night, just looking at like player profiles and like getting their snapshot. And then the yes. first thing that comes to your mind is like some story that you heard when you were like three years old or like six years old or somebody in your elementary elementary school that you remember seeing. Right. Uh, like for some guys, it's like sabermetrics and stats. For me, it's all about just like what a dude looks like in the face compared to the name. And that's how I make all of my predictions from here on out. Now I probably shouldn't do that, but. I'll definitely have like a playbook and that'll be like a part of like me getting my, my fantasy notes and, and controlling everything as far as like how things are going to turn out. So it's, what, it's like, it's like Travis Kelsey in a dream matchup or James O'Shaughnessy in a yeah, mediocre dude, matchup. I want James, I'll take, I want O'Shaughnessy every, every day over Travis Kelsey. Who is Travis Kelsey? <laughs> Give me James O'Shaughnessy. Give me all eight of those fantasy points. You keep those 27. You, you give me O'Shaughnessy because that, because that hey. guy right there, that, that guy's going to remember you. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's where the heart is. It's, it's about where the heart's at. And it lives. I agree. That, that's it, 100%. Hey, I, I mean, even these, like, big-name tight ends that we're not talking about, like, even these guys look like they're fun to hang out with. I'll say this. The guy that looks like the least cool slash the least tight end-esque is Jimmy Graham. That dude doesn't yeah. look very fun. Doesn't no, look very he fun. doesn't. He's just kind of like you know. He got a little. He got a little. Little bit of like somebody spitting his tea at a restaurant, and you know, people do that for fun. And like he he doesn't even ever realize it. You know, he's just kind of like, oh hey guys, it's me. You know, I'm here. And it's like everybody in the kitchen's like laughing at him, and he's just sitting there just talking about how his leg hurts. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's yeah, like, yeah, 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 hundred percent. I'm looking at dude, man. Oh man, if you want to hear me, we got to uh, end this. Me, yeah, if you want to hear more of me and Drew talking about tight ends and, and other crazy players, you can go to patreon.com slash garage guys. Subscribe to, uh, to any of the tiers, and you can get our audio of just random shit that we talk about throughout the week. Um, and you can also get our blog posts. And, of course, Drew's DFS rankings and best bets. Bouncing back hard in week five. And we'll talk a little bit more about that on Friday. Hope everybody has a fucking awesome week. Drew, you got anything else you want to say before we leave? Nope. I uh, really enjoyed doing this episode with you, man. I finally got to – I think we just decided to take a break from all the content and all the serious fantasy analysis. So it was was enjoyable, man. I had had a fucking phenomenal time, great time. Let us know what you thought about basically me and Drew just like big chilling in in the the, – behind the mics – 
and just uh, having a good time and, and assessing week four. We'll be back for week five on Friday to get you ready to dominate your fantasy football leagues this weekend. Sports. Party. Repeat. Hey, what's going on? This is Terrence from BlackBeachWeek.com. And let me tell you, I got a very special guest this time. His name is Rick. And where are you from, Rick? Arizona. Arizona. He's been a member for uh, of, of Heatonism 2 for how many years again? Since 1988. How many times do you say you've been here? 40 times. <laughs> 40 times. Why, I mean, why, what brings you to hedonism that many times? The wild women, the wild women, wild women, the wild women, the wild women, wild women, the ripping and the tearing, ripping, ripping and the tearing, the ripping and the tearing, ripping, ripping and the tearing. The wild women, the wild women, wild women, the wild women, the wild women, wild women, the ripping and the tearing, ripping, ripping and the tearing, the ripping and the tearing, ripping, ripping and the tearing. What's going on? BlackBeachWeek.com. Let me tell you, I got a very special guest this time. His name is Rick. And where are you from, Rick? Arizona. 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 He's been a member for, uh, of Heatonism 2 for how many years again? Since 19, 1988. How many times do you say you've been here, Rick? 40 times. 40 times. 40 times. 40 times. What brings you to Heatonism that many times? That many times. That many times. What brings you to Heatonism that many times? The wild women. Women. The ripping and the tearing. What brings you to Heatonism that many times? That many times. That many times. What brings you to Heatonism that many times? The wild women. Women. The ripping and the tearing. The ripping and the tearing. The ripping and the tearing. Rip, 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 ripping and the tearing. The ripping and the tearing. Rip, ripping and the tearing. The wild women. Women. Ripping and the tearing. The ripping and the tearing. The ripping and the tearing. The wild women. Women. The ripping and the tearing. The ripping and the tearing. Ripping in the terrace, the wild women, ripping, 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 ripping. No other places like Hedonism, too.